You may be seated and open your Bibles to Ephesians, the second chapter and the 10th verse. Amen. We are in our third uh, teaching on the subject of seasons. And uh, this may be the last one. I'm not exactly sure. But uh, the thought that we are going to talk about today is being prepared for what God has prepared for us. Amen. So, Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for speaking to us in Jesus' name. Amen. So we see in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10, number one, that we are his workmanship. I am and you are the handiwork of God. But I want you to notice the last part of that verse. It says, taking paths which he prepared ahead of time, that we should walk in them, living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for you and I to live. So we see here that God is a God of preparation. You'll notice in Hebrews eleven sixteen that he prepares a great city. Jesus said, I go and to repair, not repair, but prepare a place for you. In Psalms, he says that he's prepared a great table for us in the presence of our enemies. So just as God is a God of preparation... We are told that we are to imitate him as his sons and his daughters. So we also then should be people of preparation. In other words, being prepared for God's prepared blessings in our lives. Now the word prepare, I looked it up. It means to make all things ready. It means to put things in suitable order. It means to make the necessary previous measures. So... When in life, we go through seasons of preparation where we're getting ready. The season now is fall. Some of you have pulled your sweaters out. Some of you are preparing your house for colder weather. And so what I have in my heart today is I want to look at a few key components, if you will, or key principles for preparation. In the book of Proverbs, chapter 4, verse 7, the scripture says that wisdom is the principal thing. It is the primary thing. In other words, it is number one. Therefore, get wisdom, and with all thy getting, get understanding. Somebody says, well, I don't have wisdom. Well, you're a candidate to ask for it. If any of you lack wisdom... Let them do what? Get all stressed out and all bummed out and talk about, I just don't know what I'm going to do. No, ask for it. Ask for wisdom. And wisdom will be given unto you. Now, directly connected to the wisdom of God as a key component for being prepared for what God has prepared for you is prayer. Prayer. In Jeremiah chapter 33... I want to notice with me in verse 3. Jeremiah 33 and verse 3. Notice this verse. He says, call to me and I will answer you. And I will show you what kind of things. I will show you great and mighty things. Has God got some mighty things and great things to show us? It comes by calling 
unto him. Call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things. And I like how the Amplified puts it. Fenced in and hidden. Fenced in and hidden. Interesting. Which you don't know. That you don't distinguish or recognize or have knowledge of or understand. So we see here that there are some things that are fenced in that are not distinguishable to our mind. But prayer opens up things that are fenced in. I said prayer opens up things that are fenced in. Now, I thought about this when I was preparing for this fenced in. There's a lot of times things get fenced in up in our head. Right? But prayer and praying out of your heart opens up those things that have been fenced in and it opens up to your mind to where you say, I see it. Have you ever experienced that before? Don't get bummed out because you don't distinguish it, distinguish it yet up here. Live out of here. Pray out of here. And God will make it clear up here. Woo, glory to God. He'll make those hidden, those fenced in things clear. Now, in conjunction with that, look quickly over to 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 2. Wisdom and prayer. Wisdom in the heart of man is like deep water. And a man of understanding will draw it out. We draw it out through prayer. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians 14, excuse me, verse 2. Thank you. For one who speaks in an unknown tongue, who's he speaking to? Not necessarily speaking to men, but to God. For no one understands or catches the meaning. Because in the Holy Spirit, what is he uttering? He's uttering secret truths and what kind of things? Secret truths and things that are hidden, not obvious to the understanding. The King James Version says, However, in the Spirit, you are speaking divine secrets. Hallelujah. Now, go over to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, and verse 9, and 10, and 11, and 12. Oh, it's so important to pray. It's so important to pray and prepare for your new season. One preacher put it like this. In prayer, you can pray out your future. And when you get there, glory to God, you'll discover it's already been prayed out, prayed up, prayed through, prayed down, and you just walk in it. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9 says, But as it is written, the eye has not seen, nor ear heard, neither has entered into the heart of man the things which what? 
which God has prepared for them that love him. I got a question for you today. Do you love him? Woo, hallelujah. Verse 10, read it with me. But God has revealed them unto us by his spirit. For the spirit searcheth all things. Yes, the deep things of God. Those things that are fenced in, those things that are hidden. The spirit searcheth all things. Verse 11, read it with me. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit which is in him, even so the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. Now read this one with some spizzering. Verse 12, go ahead. The spirit of knowing's on the inside of you. Not the spirit of wondering. Not the spirit of wavering. Not the spirit of doubt. The spirit of wisdom. The spirit of revelation in the knowledge of Him. The greater one who gives you the knowledge of what God has prepared for you. Woo! Hallelujah. I don't know whether that does you like it does me, but man, I've just preached myself happy. And then you could follow up in verse 16, which says, We have the mind of Christ. Say with me, I have... I have the mind of Christ. So then, getting direction for a new season. In other words, to move from one season to the next, we must determine our direction, but we also must have vision to where we see what God is saying. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So we don't lean to our understanding. Because if we lean to our own understanding, we'll always see this, that there's a way that seems right to the head. But we don't want to live out of our head. We want to go by what God has said in His Word and in our spirit. You see, there's a difference between a good idea and a God idea. There's a difference between man's leading and the spirit of God's leading. And what we want is the spirit of God's leading. And so when you pray, he will give you vision. Vision isn't just having a plan or a dream. It's about being able to see. I saw this from one preacher down south and he said it this way. Vision isn't about having a dream. It's about being able to see. Seeing what God is saying. Seeing who He is to you. Seeing where He is leading you. Seeing past obstacles. And seeing that there's always something to look forward to. So number one, wisdom. Connected with wisdom is prayer and vision. The next component in preparing for what God has prepared for us is a simple word called process. We will enter in to new seasons, not necessarily overnight, but step by step. In other words, through a process. 
In Psalms 37, 23, it says, The steps of a good man are directed and established by the Lord when he delights in his way and he busies himself with his every step. Now, let me give you the, the definition of process. Everyone say process. Say this, I enter in to my new season many times through process. So what is process? Well, process is a series of actions or steps taken in order to achieve a particular end. Let me define that again. Process is a series of actions or steps taken in order to achieve a particular end. A synonym for process is a procedure, an operation, an action, an activity, or an exercise. Now, I know this about myself, and I know this about human nature, and I just think I know this about you. And that is this. We love the end result, but the process, not so much. The best biscuits aren't in a can. The best biscuits are homemade. The best noodles for chicken noodle soup on a nice cold fall day is not in a package. It's being rolled out by mama in the kitchen. Somebody shout amen. Amen. You see, people want the instant business, but they're not willing to pay the price and do the things that it takes to get to have a business. You see, the end result oftentimes is a result of the process. Process is taking action. It's taking steps. It may be education. Somebody says, I'm too old to get educated. You're never too old to learn. Don't buy into that lie. There's no such a thing as a person too old to take a class. Education may mean taking a class. You want a real estate license? Go through the process. Nobody's going to want to buy a home with you without a license. You want to learn the computer? Take some classes. Take the necessary steps. Go through the process so you can get to the end result. I said this last week, if a person is single... Before you get married, it's a good idea to get yourself together. That is as much as you can. Spirit, soul, body, financially. And then you do not want to marry a man that don't have a job. Yeah, but he's fine, Pastor Mark. He's fine. He's fine. Well, I wonder, does fine pay his bills? Well, the clock's ticking and I'm burning, I'm burning, I'm burning. Take a cold shower. The Bible does not say for as many as are led by their hormones. Well, I want to get married. Great. Get some premarital counseling. Submit yourself to the process. Well, I can't get off work. Well, you can get off work to go to the dentist. You can get off work to go to the doctor. You sure enough should be able to get off work to go into a counseling session. I just heard the choir saying, Hallelujah. 
Since we don't need marriage counseling, you just think you don't need it. Even as a married person, your marriage can be great, but how many of you know it can get greater? It can be better. There's nothing wrong with getting marriage counseling if you're just going to even cause your marriage to get better and greater, go through the process. And many people want instant healing. And I believe in the immediates, and I believe in the suddenlies, because I believe we're in a season of that. But many times God chooses to move by us hearing the word first, and then healing taking place second. Now the scriptures bear that out. The Bible says they came from everywhere to hear and to be healed of him, of their diseases. Amen. Amen. And I, and I don't want to, to get on weight or anything like that, but what about exercise? You know, the doctor said, well, I want you to get, you know, exercise three times a week, you know, start by walking around the block a couple times, go through the process. It will do your body some good. And that's all I'm going to say about that. You see, to be prepared is half the victory. Success comes when preparation meets opportunity. How many of you know the story of Nehemiah? Closely connected with process is being diligent and researching and doing your due diligence. Right now we're doing our due diligence with the city of Hayward. Because you can't just go out and put a sign up on your property without their approval. You know, they have laws, they have rules, they have regulations, they have certain things that they require. So we're not going to be foolish and go out and buy a real expensive sign and put it up, and then the city say, no, take it down. So it's a process. It's a process of getting the people to get the approval. It's a process of having the sign built. It's a process of someone putting the sign in. And it's a process of someone knowing how to work the sign. Amen. So there's no such a thing as instant pudding in the kingdom of God. I can't tell you the number of people that have been greatly influenced by some of the most wonderful, powerful ministers in the nation. And they're saying, yeah, that's me, me too, me too. Well, that's great. And that's a good goal. But our number one goal is to be like Jesus. Amen. Amen. But you will not get to where a person has been to where it's taken them 30 and 40 years in two weeks. See, there's a process. There's a process. Look at your name and say, there's a process. To summarize this, you know, Nehemiah was called by God to go rebuild the walls of Jerusalem that were so badly torn down. Nehemiah didn't just show up to all of his brothers in Christ and say, you know what, let us rise up and build. What Nehemiah did is he took a few people and he went out by night and he went on a survey of the city. He looked at certain gates. He looked here and he looked there. He had to be able to see it here before it could be built out there. Come on, somebody. You see, I think it's interesting that Nehemiah didn't go out in broad daylight. Nehemiah went out in the middle of the night. Now, what does that mean? Nehemiah did not want everyone to know what his business was. 
And you know, sometimes when you're preparing for a new season, it's good to have a few close people with you in the process of decision making, but it sometimes can be very foolish going out into broad daylight and making an announcement that a lot of people won't get on board with you in. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to have this great big business. And everybody's looking at you like, isn't that Bob? Isn't that Bill? You see, make sure that the people that you have around you are with you. And the people that you have around you are for you. I think that's good preaching. Now there came a time where Nehemiah stood up and said, okay, we got it down here. We know exactly what to do. There came a time where Nehemiah said, let us rise up and build. Let us enter in. I can remember this building, which was a six screen movie theater at one time. You know, we purchased the land in 2003 and the building in 2003, but the building wasn't ready to be moved into. We couldn't have moved in. So after we purchased the building and purchased the land in 2003, one of our members, bless his heart, well-meaning, went over to the movie theater while it was still running and said, you guys are going to have to be out probably by next week. Because <laughs> we just purchased this building. You know, of course, this was a deficiency in wisdom there, and we understand that. All of us have been there. But that was 2003. We didn't have our first Sunday in here until August of 2007. Why? Because there was this thing called a process. Despise not the process. Because it's during those seasons of process that God will do some wonderful things in you. He will develop you in your impatience, in your patience. He will develop you in your endurance. Amen? So, process. And the next one we want to look at is making adjustments. Anybody here ever had to make an adjustment before? You know, you see it all the time. Uh, in football, for example. Uh, I was watching the Vikings and the Rams the other night. And it was a great game. It was an aerial show. But in every halftime experience, there's always adjustments being made. Golden State Warriors are the same thing. Golden State Warriors, last year in the NBA uh, uh before you Western Conference Finals played the Houston Rockets. The Houston Rockets gave a tough time. They threw things at the Warriors that the Warriors were not quite ready for. So what did they do? In between games, they made big adjustments. And so don't be afraid to be making adjustments. Be pliable. Be willing to bend. Amen. Listen to the Spirit of God. I saw something uh, by Joyce Meyer the other day that really, really resonated with me. Let me read it to you. Is that okay? She's talking about in a season of change, and she's talking about laying aside some things before you enter in. And here's what Joyce said. She says, get out of your comfort zone before we can move forward into a new thing. We usually have to let go of something we've been doing for a while. Then she goes on to say, All too often, we try to hang on to what is familiar before we have confidence that the new thing is right for us. 
And here's what I really like. She said, if you keep one foot where you are, while the other foot stretches towards some place new, you will eventually lose your footing and fall over. God wants us to trust Him and to obey Him. Amen? By doing what He wants us to do and going where He wants us to go, we must learn to let go of what we have before we take hold of something new and learn to rely on God to meet every need. Anybody ever had to make an adjustment before? You see, that is part of being led by the Spirit as well. Being pliable. And being willing to yield. And not only that, being willing to change. You know, this is the way we thought we were going to go, but it just seems right and seems good not to go that way, but to go the other way. See, oftentimes we can be stubborn. No, I heard heard from God. Bless God, I heard from God. I heard from God. Oh, did you now? You may have. You may have not. And so the key component is to be open. Say it with me. I'm open. I'm open open to the Holy Spirit's leading. You know, it's amazing to me down at Ramah how many people went to school at Ramah thinking that they were going to be a prophet. Right? You know, Dad Hagen stood in the office of a prophet. And I can remember walking through the hallways and the corridors and I knew Brother Hagen was a prophet and I'd look the other way because I thought he knew everything about me. Chris, Chris testifies to that. Well, not the case. Not the case at all. But oftentimes people will go to school thinking they're going to be a prophet or something like that. And it just never ceases to amaze me. A lot of those prophets today are pastors. Because they were open to what the Spirit of God's leading was instead of going by what they think. Amen? Now, lastly... And this is so important. Turn with me to Luke chapter 16, verses 10 through 12. How many of you know that being faithful is an absolute necessity in your season of preparation? In Luke sixteen ten, it says, He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in what? People want the much, but they don't want to do anything with the least. A person will never get to the much if they're not faithful in the least. He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. And he that is unjust in the little is unjust in the much. Verse 11 and 12. I want you to read it with me. If therefore you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, talking about money... Who will commit to you, to your trust, the true riches? And if you have not been faithful in that which is another man's, who shall give you that which is your own? So being faithful right where you are. Being diligent right where you are. To be a blessing. To be planted in the house of the Lord. And to find a place of service. And be faithful to Him. The faithful man is going to abound with the blessings of God. And, you know, we also must be faithful with our money. 
You will do exactly the same thing with $10 that you do with a million. If you don't tithe on the 10, you won't tithe on the million. So it's vital to be faithful in those things that God has placed in our hands. And a part of being faithful is just showing up. I mean, showing up, but you don't feel like it. I didn't have three angels come into my bedroom this morning and say, Arise! It's time for you to preach. There was no opera going on in our home in Union City, I'll guarantee you. There was coffee. (laughs) And there was prayer. Amen. And there was some yogurt and some toast too. But if I had to be moved by a feeling every time I got in the pulpit, I'd still be waiting. There's times where I have tons of feelings. There's times where I have no feelings. But thank God we walk by faith. Say it with me. I walk. I I live live by by faith. And not by sight. Faithfulness is a huge key to entering into the more, to entering into the greater things that God has prepared for you. Be faithful. And sometimes that just means showing up. I'm yours to count on, Lord. Here I am. Send me. I am here. I am yours. I submit myself to you. Being faithful means we got to pass the money test. Being faithful means we must pass the trust test. And being faithful means we must pass the love test. We will get ample opportunity to get in strife and to be bitter. But I believe the Spirit of God is saying that the love of God will never fail and never fail you. Show up. Show up. Somebody say, I'm here, I'm here. I know you're here. But are you really here? We must show up. Here's the truth. He's got a six-course dinner right in front of us and in front of our enemies. He prepared a table. And on the table, there's some new seasons to partake of what He's prepared for us means to show up. To show up. Now in life, sometimes we experience disappointment. One writer puts it this way, if a season is an appointment, then you must be cautious how you handle disappointment. And then he goes on to say, a disappointment can make you miss your next appointment. Perhaps you're here today And you need to be reappointed. And God is the God, not only of the first, but the second and the third and the fourth appointments. He's got some divine connections for you. Well, did you get anything out of this this little series? All right. Let's stand to our feet. Hallelujah. Father, I've done my best to minister to these, your people today. Lord, I give you the glory. I give you the praise for it now. I thank you for ministering to these, your sheep today. I thank you, Father, for speaking to them 
during the course of the week. Thank you, Father, for speaking life into our lives in the name of Jesus. Let's raise both of our hands and say, thank you, Lord, that you've got great paths for me to walk in. I ask you, sir, for supernatural wisdom for the seasons of my life. I will not be a casual prayer, but I will be a diligent prayer. I will seek you with all of my heart. And those things that have been fenced in shall be released as I pray, as I pray out of my heart. Thank you, Lord. I refuse to despise the days of small beginnings. I submit to you. I'm willing, I'm ready, and I'm able to go through whatever process that I must go through to enter into the greater and to enter into those things that you prepared for me. Lord, I prepare my heart every time I come to church ready to worship, ready to pray, ready to praise, ready to receive from you. Thank you, Lord. I'm open to you. Lead me and guide me by your precious spirit. I'm pliable and I'm open to your leading. And I declare this day that I will, I will be faithful. As a matter of fact, I declare that I am faithful. Faithful to you. Faithful to heed unto your word in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory.